Howdy, friends. Thank you so much for joining the Cooking Girl podcast. This week, we have a very special guest of Jonathan Whitener, who is the chef and owner of Here's Looking at You and All Day Baby. Um, we talk about kitchen etiquette. We talk about his experience in culinary school. We did wear masks in the interview, so it is a little bit muffled, and we were interviewing at the All Day Baby Socially Distanced. Um, thank you guys so much for joining, and I hope you enjoy. Howdy, everybody. Welcome for joining the Cooking Girl podcast. Today I have with me Jonathan. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Jonathan Whitener. I'm the chef owner of All Day Baby in Silver Lake. I love it. So tell me a little bit about your introduction into cooking. How'd you get here? How did I get into cooking? Oh. Yeah. Uh, I got into cooking, uh, let's see. The one main thing was is that I wanted to get a car when I was younger, so. I was reading that. Did you end up getting that? Yeah, so when I was like 13, I worked washing dishes to get this Cadillac that a neighbor had. And I ended up working my ass off washing dishes and stuff and working in the kitchen and like ended up getting the Cadillac and then in the midst of that I was realizing that I was pretty good at cooking and that I was like oh, I can make a career out of this I like this I'm gonna figure that I was pretty good at it so I stuck with it and that's pretty much how I got into it hell yeah where'd you start working at first I worked at a hotel in Huntington Beach at the Hyatt and it was kind of like they threw me around everywhere oh, okay so as they like, do yeah catering and prep you know to you know pastries and doing uh you know the huge banquets and stuff like that and eventually they moved me up to the restaurant Oh, and then I was working in the, the Five Diamond restaurant that was in there. We love that. Yeah. Did you ever cook with your family? Like, do you have a big cooking family, or are you the first one? No, I come, luckily, you know, there's kids who, like, you know, like, they, they grew up, you know, like, having parents that know how to cook to save their lives. Like, my, my family just kills it at cooking, so. You're lucky for that. Yeah. My mom literally would be the queen of the, like, six-hour crock-pot chicken that you yeah. would, like, have to drink water with <laughs> because oh, yeah, you'd be choking on it. bone dry. Yeah, yeah I know but you you're, mean. like, you're trying your best yeah yeah thanks yeah well luckily because my mom's mexican and she grew up raising a bunch of brothers and sisters that she knew how to cook really well my grandmother's an amazing cook and my dad too comes from a southern background and his like grand or his mother was amazing cook so like my mom learned how to cook traditional mexican food and learned how to cook traditional like southern food so it's like we always like one day we'd be eating like you know uh i don't know like my mom would make some type of like mole and esquites and stuff like that and then the next day it'd be like traditional fried chicken and mashed potatoes and shit like that so it was really i got the best of both worlds amazing where's your dad from uh the carolinas oh really yeah carolinas kentucky where you kind of got this southern style i feel like all day baby is a very smoky southern taste it almost reminds me of texas a lot of it comes from my dad's side yeah my dad uh used to smoke barbecue on the weekends and stuff like that so it's like another thing so it's like you know in latin families you know the weekends are a big deal so it's like uncles would come over and it was like asada and stuff like that but then my dad had a big green egg and he was like smoking ribs and butts and stuff like that too so it was always like we ended up eating asada and stuff in the afternoon at night that it was barbecue time so it was it's kind of like an homage to it so it's like barbecue's always been a thing in my blood that i've always i'm waiting for the day i get a green egg in my apartment in glendale <laughs> oh yeah good luck with that <laughs> I'm like just fuck it up just throw it in I mean, there why tricky not tricky as hell like i like we had the really massive one at the restaurant and like i used my dad's too when I was little and I remember that things like if you're not careful like those things like throw fireballs at you and that's shit. fine like, it's nuts, yeah. you gotta live and learn yeah well who are some of your influences uh cooking not cooking where who's brought you to where you are I mean definitely my mom my mom you know I got a really you know the at the work at the for my mom you know my mom always worked like two jobs and stuff like that she's like the biggest hustler I know so it's like I get a lot of that inspiration from my mom and her the cooking too it's like my mom was one of those people that like 
when I think about it now, it's like she's the reason why I cook the way I cook sometimes because like I'm always like compiling layers and layers and layers of different ingredients to make something taste good. Yeah. But that's how my mom is. She'd always just like, I could just always see her fucking around in the spice cabinets. Always just like, bah! Just like Was dumping it just stuff in. cabinets full of spices everywhere? Oh yeah, we had so much I love spices that. and chilies and stuff at our house. It was nuts. I didn't realize how many spices I had until we moved and I had two boxes that were just spices and I was yeah. like, I'm becoming that person now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess this is who I am. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And um, anyone else outside of cooking or outside of your influence here? I noticed you're very into punk. I get that from you. Yeah. I, like, I mean, music influences me. I don't know how I can say that music influences me besides the fact that it gets me to like move faster. Yeah. And it helps me like break the train of thought. So if I'm ever like struggling on thinking how to come up with something, you know, listening to music is always a big deal for us. That's like, you know, one in the back that works with me here where it's only two of us that cook here now. Uh, oh, wow. He grew up listening to a lot of punk in Mexico and stuff like that, but his exposure to it was very limited because of, you know, there used to be a band in Mexico where you weren't allowed to make rock and roll music and stuff. Yeah. So like, I introduced him to like all these weird obscure bands. I was like, you ever heard of Telephone or like Indochine? He's like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, oh, it's these French bands. Let me show you. And it's like. Are they French punk bands? Yeah. I'm going to have to look into them. Yeah, Telephone is, a, is my favorite French punk band. I mean, it's French alternative, but it's like, oh. it's the closest thing I would say that they had to punk. But like, you know, it's fun to like listen to that because it gets us jiving and grooving back there to like make new things and stuff. Because yeah. like, you know, I'm showing him new music. He's teaching me about stuff from where he is from Mexico and showing me. Like, he cooks family meal and makes, like, new dishes for us all the time, so it's really fun. That's special. And I yeah. was seeing on your Instagram, because I was doing research, as they say, um, that you uh, prank some of the people that work here. I was noticing there was a video of where you iced one of the people two times. Oh, that was my, times. my sous chef at, at Here's Looking at You. Yeah. It was his last day. We double iced him. Incredible. It was, he, I thought he was, I thought he was going to die, but it was <laughs> hilarious. Would you say that's the best prank you've done in the kitchen so far? Probably. That's yeah. a good one. It's it a classic. Good. Yeah. Like I, just no even, I mean, I don't think anyone thought of double icing somebody, literally like icing them and dumping him with, you know, eight gallons of literally ice water. You truly got to do it. Yeah. It's so special. Um, did you ever go to culinary school? I did go to culinary school right after graduating you, high school. Where'd you go? I went to CIA in New York. Did you like it? Uh, it had its ups and downs. I mean, you know. When I was there, it was right before there was this huge controversy where, like, the students voted, a, you know, the no confidence towards the, the president of the school. Because even when I was there, I just I felt that, like, it was just a lot of the kids that went there were, didn't really even give a shit about being there. Yeah. It's expensive and to it's not give a shit. super expensive. I wish that I could just throw away 60 grand to go to school for two years. Yeah, like, Like, oh. some of these guys and then change careers. But it was like, you know, I didn't have that option. Luckily, I knew how to cook. And it was, I knew that I was in for a, a ride because when I started, it was like... Like how many of you guys actually like cooked? And there's like 160 of us in a room. There's like three hands go up. It's like I've been cooking for like five years already. What the these fuck? kids are like, well, this is my first knife kit and chef kit. I'm like, fuck, this is gonna suck. That's crazy. And those first early like weeks and months and stuff like that were terrible. I believe it. And it looks like, hard. Yeah, and then even like when you got into classes of learning how to like do things that I'd never done before, like learning how to make classic charcuterie and stuff like that, and dealing with like these this really egotistical like angry old white chefs who like would like call you a retard and idiot yeah. and stuff like that because it's like hey wait a minute man i'm paying your salary like and i'm here to learn something yeah and it's like five of us are making one thing now and it's like this sucks and blows of course i'm not gonna learn how to do it right and like seeing them get upset with us it's just like this is weird i'm like i didn't like it you're but, paying to get abused yeah like literally, i was literally about to quit school like two weeks or uh 
two classes away from graduation if it wasn't for the two instructors that I had at the end. Yeah. And uh, which was Xavier LaRue was the French like cooking chef. And like it was in the French kitchen that you had to cook in in the restaurant before graduation. And like I remember like all these kids just sitting there and fucking around on their phones and stuff. And I was like, I don't even want to be here. Like this is really depressing that I'm yeah. not going to share my space with these people who don't even care. And he was just like, I remember he like went off and was just like, none of you guys fucking care. He's like, this is the last class you guys have to take. And yet like half of you don't even know how to cook. He's like, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to fail out there. And I'm like, all you see, he's like pointing out people. He's like, none of you guys are going to make it. Incredible. And I was just like, shit. And I was like, I love this guy. And then he like, <laughs> then he saw on the students that really drove and like worked. He would like work one-on-one with you and like show you stuff. And I was yeah. like, this is amazing. Finally, it took two years, but a chef is finally showing me something at the school one-on-one, like actually caring about showing me something. So like I lucked out there, but. And would you recommend someone to go to culinary school? I don't know. <laughs> I work for a chef. You probably know him. Um, I work at Bell's Bagels in Highland Park. Okay. So, you yeah. know, Nick. Yeah. Uh, he says, no. He says, don't go to culinary school. And I always find that interesting because there are people that are like, absolutely don't do it. And then there are people that are like, what the fuck? I wish I did that. Like, that sounds I great. I mean, that sets a different precedent. I mean, there's kids that I work with or like, you know, sous chefs that I've had who've never been to culinary school. And like, they don't know the most basic fundamentals. I mean, and then again, it also takes that person to have to look it up. Because, like, you know, I could say terminology to kids because, like, my obsession growing up was, you know, French food, you know, like, and learning old classic repertoire of cooking. And, like, you know, Patrick Krueger wrote a book on us. Like, that's why he wrote a book on me or, like, a part of it on me was, like, he's, like, at your age, he's, like, how do you even know these guys exist? Like, exist? He's, like, they died 20 years before you were born. Yeah. But it's, like, you know, learning that repertoire and stuff like that, like, and learning about those guys was an obsession of mine. But, like even knowing those terminologies, the techniques that I have and stuff like that was because I researched that stuff. And it wasn't because a chef told me to do it in school or something, but it was because a chef would say something in class and I'd be like, what does that mean? You know, like he's busy trying to teach 40 other kids something. Yeah. I, can, I would ask him what he's like, go look it up on the roost. He's like, if you ever like hear something that I say, I remember Professor Gabby told me, that. he's like, if you ever hear something that I say that you don't understand in French, he's like, I encourage you to go home get your LaRousse book, open it up, and research that that thing. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And that's something I've taken on my whole career. Yeah. Like if I ever heard a chef say a term that I didn't understand, I would, like, learn everything about it. So it's like if a chef said, like, where's your apparet? Well, I'm like, I don't know what that means. That's like I'd go home and read everything about what an apparet means. Now it's like I say that to a cook, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, ugh. You're like, aren't you going to look it up later? Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> well, then again, I don't, I don't know. It's... When it comes to saying yes or no, I mean, if I could go back, I'm so glad that I went and learned the stuff that I did in culinary school. Yeah. But then, would knowing what I know now, going back and being like, I should have spent, you know, being 18 and 20 working in Paris or, you know, this like the south of France or Burgundy, like places that I wanted to go learn that type of cooking, should I have gone there? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, who knows though? Also, I mean, very expensive to do that. Too. Yeah. Then you're like, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I was, I mean, I luckily I worked off a lot of grants and stuff like that that helped me get to school. Yeah. But it's like, you know, where was I going to get the money to go hang out in Paris and work and train for free? Yeah, you got to yeah. get really lucky or have a family member you love totally yeah. die. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, something you kind of mentioned is that you had uh, instructors that were like these old, white, angry chefs. Have you experienced, or I'm sure you probably have experienced, like the angry chef? like that you work under who's throwing shit in the kitchen and yelling at you, like the Gordon Ramsay's of the world. Have you actually experienced that? A couple. I mean, there was guys, I mean, I won't say names, but yeah. there has been people, I've seen kids like get thrown on top of flat tops, you know, pots thrown at people's chests and stuff like that for messing things up, stuff like that. I've always been the type of person, you can be the most verbally abusive to me, shit just goes right through me. 
I really don't care. Yeah. Because it's not personal, but it as soon as it comes becomes physical, as a thing that I don't I don't stand for. You know, chefs. I've seen chefs like walk around and like tap guys in the back of the ass with their knee or like kick them or something like that. Like move faster, move faster. It's like as soon as a chef did that to me, I'm like, hey, dude. You know, you can insult me as much as you want. Fucking curse my mother's name. I don't care. Yeah. But the second you touch me, I'm going to fucking snap your neck. Like, there's no reason to be touching me. <laughs> facts are facts. Yeah. I just find that interesting because some people are so, like, no, you have to do that. Like, that's how you know that you're passionate and things are going to get fucking, done. That's bullshit. I kind of think that, too. Like, I don't think you ever have to really yell at anyone. Because I, I work at Bell's now, and Nick has never yelled at us or ever said anything I mean, rude. I used to... I mean, those guys that can tell you that they used to work for me, that I was a fucking tyrant. Like, oh, I used, really? Because I came out of those aggressive French kitchens, and I was a tyrant. It is a French kitchen And I would, thing, like, huh? scream at guys and throw shit at them and stuff like that. But, like... You know, it got them to move and stuff like that, but it was it was it like necessary? No, was it necessary for me? Like, no, because I was. I think back to those years when I was first an executive sous or stuff like that, or became a chef like at restaurants. Like, I was like killing myself, and it was so stressful. And, like, I it's like I could spend more time. Like, actually, I'll tell you this. Vinny taught me this at Animal. And yeah. He was like, "Hey, bud, you need to chill the fuck out." He's like, "These guys are losing it." And he's like, "I get they're messing up." He's like, "But you need to like it needs to be the the." The kick in the ass and the swift pat in the back. And I was like, okay, I get it. You're right. Like, and then when I started installing that, it was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then instead of just like walking away and yelling at them, I was like, okay, let me show you how you do it. And it was like, and then if he's like, it was like, if you did that three times, it's like, now I'm going to lose my shit. It's like, I showed you this many times and like, didn't yell at you. And I was like, now it's over. Like, it's done. I'm going to lay into you until you quit or something. Yeah. It's like the idea of being like assertive, not aggressive. Yeah. Like, it's like I don't yell anymore. It's like. You know, guys that have worked for me who have become chefs at the other restaurants, like, like at, at, here's looking at you, James, is a great example. He was like, you guys have it so easy. It's like, you guys have no idea what it used to be like. And I'm just like, hey, what are you doing, man? You're like the, the nice grandpa. But it's like whenever, like, you know, when you're like, my mom wasn't that nice, and then now she's a nice grandma. And you're yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, she wasn't like that with me. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Um, here's looking at you. Uh, are you a big Humphrey Bogart fan? No, so everyone thinks that Here's Looking at You comes from Casablanca, yeah. but it's actually a toast. Oh, so it's a classic okay. like twenties and like forties, like you know that that classic toast is like when they'd have dinners for people like Here's Looking at You, like you know that was always a toast. Gotcha. And we came up with that really because we were struggling with names, and my business partner, because I like I like tiki stuff, she had a little like postcard that had a little tiki girl on it and said Here's Looking at You on it, and like she was like, What do you think about this name? And I was like, Yeah, totally. And also the fact that like. Koreatown's traditionally the like original Hollywood. Yeah. You know, like the the Coco uh, Palms was there, like or the Coconut Club was it? The Coconut Club was there. All those old school like huge like nightclubs were there. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's kind of like an ode to it, tri- like kicking back to the architecture of all the Art Deco stuff and just kind of tying that all in. That's beautiful. And yeah. how did you get the name for All Day Baby? Uh, that was like me and my business partner. One day we were just like chilling in the kitchen, like during service at Hlay. And I don't know if it was it me. I think I came up with it. I'm not 100 percent sure. You can ask her. She has a better memory. But it was like something about a baby and all day and la la la. And like went back and I was like all day baby. And they were like, yeah, like fuck it. And that's like we're like she got on her phone and like bought the rights to it right away just in case. And then we just stuck with it. I'm surprised no one had it. Yeah. Like it's a pretty like all day baby. Like you yeah. people say it. So that's shocking. But I can imagine naming a restaurant has to be incredibly hard. Oh, it's super difficult. I couldn't even fathom. Because then it's like that forever. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have, like, restaurant names that I wrote down as when I was, like, in 
college and the culinary school or abroad, like working in places, I don't like for ideas. And I look at a packed house, like that's the fucking stupidest yeah. name ever. Like, why would you? You gotta call live it that? with that. I was like, it was like Alchemy Kitchen. Alchemy it, it, Kitchen. It was like, <laughs> like, what phase were you going through yeah, at that moment? It was weird. I love it. What city do you think is totally underrated for having great food? I mean, in your opinion, this doesn't have to be for everyone. This is just for uh, you. I mean, I think we're still underrated here in Los Angeles. I mean, I really haven't had time to really travel and go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, L.A. is always, to me, I think it's like, you know, we, we're just finally getting credit for it. And I think people still or underrate, or keep us underrated, like, for a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, our fine dining scenes never really hit that, that mark. You know, the old guard from the 90s and stuff like that faded away. People, like, I mean, I think it's just because the lifestyle here. Yeah. We're very just kind of like, meh. Pretty laid back. Yeah, like we could go dress like this and go sit at a three Michelin star restaurant and eat. That's what we want. Completely. Because we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I used to day. work at a restaurant where the chef was like, uh, he wanted everything to be very casual and he would call it like California-esque. Like everything was very like, the food was phenomenal. Like it could have been really beautiful, like yeah. with tweezers kind of food. But he was like, I wanted to just seem like, man. I was like, that's so interesting to me. Like, he was so anti-fine dining. Well, that's our vibe dining. here. It's like nobody... I mean, it's, it's the fact that we're not a super fast-paced city. Yeah. Like, you know, we're super laid back. So it's always like... You think about, like, how you see the most, like, wealthiest people in the city are just lounging around and, like, hanging, like wearing, like, linen pants and a T-shirt, or a vintage T-shirt and sandals, like, watching a game at a, like, whatever bar. And there's, like... Like, you go to the Red Lion, there's, like, a fucking Maserati parked in there. Because nobody cares where they're going. Yeah. As long as they're going to have a good time. And it's, like, kind of that same thing with, the, with fine dining. It's, like, there's an aspect you're supposed to hold up. So people are, like, I don't want to go to this pretentious type of place or whatever. I'm not saying I'm speaking for everybody. Yeah. But that's just how I feel about it. Because even me, it's, like, you know, friends invite me to somewhere to go eat. It's, like, that. I'm just kind of, like, I don't want to get up and, like, get ready. It's like, a whole thing. Yeah, it's just like a whole deal, and I really don't want to put myself through that. Would you ever, with your obsession with French food and your experience in culinary, would you ever want to have a fine dining restaurant? I don't think I would say a fine dining restaurant, but I would say like a very elevated, like fun, kind of like small plate kind of wine bar. You know, kind of like when I went to Paris and I got to eat at places like Le Chateaubriand and Septime and stuff like that, I was like so impressed and so like motivated to kind of do this like very fun small kind of like fuck you plates to everyone or mm -hmm. is this kind of like here's this the best tuna i can find with this this this, and this and like blah, here it is yeah you know and people just fuck with that and drink and just hang out like that's kind of what i want to i would i would kind of wish to do someday would you do that in silver lake probably i think it's probably a place that only would work either here or like somewhere like oh actually i was gonna say the arts district but that would be a nightmare that wouldn't work there art district seems like it's pretty popping though it is but i don't think I, I think the arts district is good in my opinion for like gigantic like 250 seat restaurants with like a big name behind it's it so busy that sounds like a nightmare to me like yeah. if that's some guy's game that's not mine like even all day baby like when we were going all day was like you know if we did the patio which we couldn't we didn't do at the time you know that's like almost 100 seats and that was like a nightmare to us 100 like, seats here because you can do 30 50 plus wrapped around yeah wow. 100 easily that's amazing honestly i mean pack them in i mean that's kind of how we do it because even like we looked at all day baby i mean here's looking at you in k-town like theoretically we should only have like 30 seats but it was like we can max it out to 55 56 but we just jammed you in there because we kept it like we wanted that like parisian feeling where everyone's just kind of like it's like very intimate it's not like you know you're going to hear everyone's story around here. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. And I know um, 
Here's looking at you is no more. Sadly, yes, it's no more. Is that because of the pandemic? Because of the pandemic, it just like all of K Town just straight out just died out. Yeah. And it was just, it was just we couldn't handle it. It's like that place was so special for the mere fact of like the cocktails and the dining experience and people coming to eat and hang out. Like we our regulars came there to eat, not just because the food and drinks were great, because they loved the people that worked there. You know, like we had regulars that came to like that knew the schedules of the bartenders and stuff like that because they loved hanging out with them and drinking with them and eating and all this stuff. And it was just like, then to translate that to like, now we're making burgers and stuff. It's like, people it's like, that's not H lay. Yeah. That's, that's special though, that people love the staff so much. Yeah. That's a hard thing to get. You won't get that at most places. Yeah. I mean, it, it's always like, it always, I always, it makes me want to shed a tear every time. Like I hear like some new person like comes back from New York or something and is like, Oh, like I didn't even realize you guys were fucking closed. Oh. Like the one time I came from, Flew out from New York. It's like you guys were the only place to open. Went there. You guys made space for us. Made this huge experience. It was the best meal we had. This is and that. And it's like, like sorry, you guys are closed. Like that shit really hits at home. And it's like fuck, that sucks because HLA was the baby, and like me and Lynn put so much work into that yeah. place. Like I helped build the bar there. Like I built the tables with the carpenter, and Lynn used to like Lynn taped up the bar so we could oh. paint it and stuff. And it's like I don't gotta like you know. That's hard. Yeah, it sucks. It's a touchy subject. I'm sorry about that. No, it's cool, but it's like, it would suck more if it was like an isolated thing and it was just us, but it's like, yeah. I feel bad to people who've had, you know, who just got started and didn't have a chance and it's just like, boom, your restaurant's done, you know. Totally. You borrowed $2 million to open up a small spot and then it's just like, there was no chance of surviving and it's like, bye. That's crazy. And that sucks. How, did you guys know before the pandemic that anything was like going to happen or We was saw it the just... decline. Because, you know, a lot of people thought it was a joke. Everyone's like, yeah, we're fine. There's no cases here. We're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. I remember, like, even me and my chef to cuisine at, at HLA were, like, talking shit about it. We're like, whatever. We're good, dude. And then, like, three weeks later, you know, what's happening? I'm sitting here in the bar, like, watching it happen on the news. And everyone's yeah. texting me, like, are you closing? Because we're going to close today. And we're just like, shut it down. Crazy. And, like, you know, I called them. And, like, we were just about to launch our new menu at Here's Like an U for the bar and the dining room. And it was just, like, send everything back. Deny all the orders. Like, this sucks. But, like, we have to shut it down. Truly chaotic, honestly. I remember the first day someone brought us masks at work. We were working without them, and then a customer came and just bought us a bunch because it was like the day that that was like a thing now. Yeah. And I remember us laughing about it. Like we were like, "Oh, I'm gonna wear a mask," and then we we're like, "Oh shit!" Like we're all wearing masks now, like forever. Yeah. Like that's the new thing. But I guess you get used to it, but it's not not the same. Yeah. How has the pandemic been for All Day Baby? It's had its ups and downs. I mean, we've been steady. It needs, excuse me, it needs to be busier. And we're planning on, hopefully, if everything goes right, about uh, probably possibly launching a concept across the street and using the patio or the parking lot across the street that used to be formerly the Goods Mark and doing a de- uh, nighttime concept maybe two or three nights a week. Oh, crazy. That'll be great. But, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. But just seeing if we can work out the logistics and, like, you know, labor is a big deal. Just got to try to figure things out. Are you guys going to be doing the same menu here over there? No, I've already worked on it a little bit, and it'll be a completely new menu over there. That's exciting. You guys honestly have, like, I think my favorite food in Silver Lake like hands down I came here once with my mom because my mom lives in Florida and she's like take me to to get LA food because everything in Florida is not it's just it's not good I don't know why it's just not but um so I took her here and I didn't know what to order I just trusted the the person who was taking the orders the waitress and um I ended up getting that half a chicken and french fries and like my mom got like a little sandwich and I was like I didn't know what I was getting into but it was insane. Like, I don't eat that much. Thank my you. mom doesn't eat that much. Yeah. We ate the whole thing. It was incredible. So, 
I, I hope you guys thrive and do insanely well. What would you recommend as the one meal that you have to have here? Being everyone's thing is the breakfast biscuit. It's hard to say for me. It's got to be one of the biscuits, yeah. You got to do the, the, bake, the breakfast sausage or the bacon or both. And then, I mean, me, I just like, I like just the fried chicken biscuit. Just a Classic. Yeah, Tessa's biscuit that she came up with is insane with that perfectly cooked piece of chicken and that's it. Amazing. Yeah. And did you guys do the pastrami today? We did do the pastrami today. We sold out for today. Tomorrow we'll have more. Hell yeah. yeah. That's, pastrami is like, <laughs> it's always good. Yeah. It's never bad. What is one of your biggest pet peeves in your kitchen? Specific to you. Oh, apron wiping. When people like don't oh. do things and they like slap their side of their like apron you're... to clean their hands. I can't fucking stand that. Good to know. Yeah. It's always just a, it's always one little thing that uh, ticks a chef. Yeah. And I know that you're a big Misfits fan as I was doing my snooping. Oh, if yeah. you could make a Misfits inspired dish, what would it be? <laughs> it's all horror theme. I don't know. <laughs> you got to think of something. Uh, I assume it would be black in some way, but I don't know what other than that, like ink pasta. I don't know. Something with a deadlock. Deathlock. Deathlock. Death yeah. My bad. See, I'm not that punk. Deathlock. Oh, yeah, excuse me. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, that's tough. I really don't know. I'm like cycling through songs. Like, nope, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's. A t I don't think I have an answer for that. <laughs> when you wake up in the middle of the night and you remember, you're like, "This is the one." Yeah. You. Uh, you let me know. Yeah. 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 We would love that. And what was your favorite dish growing up? Oh, I'm a big fan of like, uh, like chili rellenos. It's like Hell my yeah. mom makes an amazing chili relleno. Like, actually, our dishwasher who's Guatemalan, his wife like has a little pop up that she does out of the house. How and she dope. sells like these like the Guatemalan style chili rellenos. They're so so good. Like every week, that there's leftovers, we get to buy them. So because they Where sell are out they with at? us. I think he does it. He's in Koreatown, so he does it out of Koreatown. She like really does it for the neighborhood. That's dope. And people just place orders and get them and get them from her, but they're really really good. We love a, a place where you can just go to someone's house because then you know it's like the real deal. Oh, yeah, it's like, legit good. There was a pupusa place. We live in Highland, or we used to live in Highland Park. And um, it was so good that the lady was on Yelp. Oh, I shit. was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, good for you. It was like drive-by pupusas. I was like, she fucking gets it. Oh, sick. I know. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for talking to me. I know I'm a total stranger, but you are super inspiring to me. Your food's my favorite in Silver Lake, hands down. And thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. That was our show. Um, you can find All Day Baby on Instagram at All Day Baby LA. Um, they're also on Sunset and Silver Lake. I highly recommend you go. You won't regret it. The biscuits are amazing. Thank you guys so much. Take care.